morning, team. Thank you, Anthony, very much indeed. As always, entertaining. Did you do the gold story? Didn't do, did you do gold? You didn't do gold, did you? Thank God for that. Because we got sent the press release yesterday and I suddenly looked at it and it was embargoed. I was toying with the idea of breaking the embargo and I was like, oh, I can't be bothered. It's in all the papers today. And it's all the companies who advertise on the television. Uh, which magazine sent out pieces of gold to all of them? Same piece, just to find out how much they were offering. You'll be horrified. Horrified. Details after the news, which is next on LBC. 7.3. Well, there you are, anyway. So, Ed, this works here. I said, oh, I can't help that. It's not my fault, love, is it? So, anyway, peanut butter? Yes. Yes, I'm lovely. I had some this morning before it came out, and as I was eating it on Ritz crackers, I thought of you. I had six. Really? Six cr- Doubled up. Doubled up. Delicious. Delish. I don't, well, I tell you, I'm suffering the effects now. I did have... I brought some strawberries in just to sort of equal up the five fruit. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. There he goes, off into the wilderness. Actually, it's quite nice out there today. Dark, but nice. You know, I don't mind it being dark. Very interesting. And uh, lovely to hear all the uh, the calls overnight on LBC. Some interesting, some bit balmy. But, you know, and uh, and a few you think have been sort of dug up from somewhere. I love the idea. <laughs> with a laugh. Somebody wrote and said uh, to... Um, to Anthony, they said, oh, you're sounding as bitter about not being on television as Steve Allen. I turn it down, actually. I just said, to, I was talking to them earlier on, I said, to be honest with you, I said, who wants to do television now? I've had a very successful career on radio, thank you very much indeed. Not remotely interested. I'm the one who turns them down. And then O'Brien goes, what do you turn that down for? I go, well, I'm not interested. Don't need the money. Don't need... I think you only do it if you want the money. And I don't need the money. Which is quite a nice position to be in. Uh, or you're on some sort of ego trip. I was a little bit worried to read that James Max could be a style guru. I was a little bit worried about this man who puts sort of the clothes that he's got together and calls it style. So perhaps we shouldn't go down that road. Uh, we've also got the... Oh, thank you very much indeed uh, for uh, the person who sent in Mrs Thursday to me. Thank you very much indeed. I shall watch that when I get home. It's from Jack Rosenthal at ITV on Network DVD. Which I quite like, so I shall watch that a little bit later on. Thank you, incidentally, for your uh, texts and uh, emails from yesterday. I will do the gold one in a minute because, by God, it's a scandal. Uh, we will be talking a little bit later on to Nathan Morley in uh, Cyprus. In fact, I've just noticed his email has popped up here now, and that means that he's up and about. I don't find it a little bit worrying at this time of the morning because the earlier he gets up, the more chance there is to break open the bottle. You see, so sometimes when we actually get to him, he might not actually be in the same world as the rest of us. I'm hoping he might be. Uh, oh, can we do him earlier? He wants to be done earlier. We do him at 5.50. We'll, we'll do him at 5.15. He's on a live dog rescue at 5.30. So we better, we, we'll, we'll call him at, after we've done the news at 5.15. OK, Nath. Panic not. Panic not. Uh, TV Awards last night. Jedward apparently did very well, although a friend of mine texted me who was working on the programme and said, God, they were awful. And uh, various people were there. Very funny. I can't understand. I'm terribly sorry. I thought it was the National Television Awards. What is a, an over-blousy drag queen like Jordan doing there? What, what's, what's she to do with television? In the same way, they had a load of old people there who shouldn't have been. The Loose Women won, and they, they got a, a thing. Nice to see that Colleen really has added to that gorgeous figure of hers. I mean, it really, considering she just brought out the DVD. And, uh, by God, you piled it back on very quickly, love. Uh, and Stephen Fry. I thought Stephen Fry's documentary on America was the biggest pile of rubbish I'd ever seen in my life. It was just naff. Terribly sorry. I'm not one of these who subscribe to He's a National Treasure. I like him. I think he's very intelligent. And he's very witty. And I love the, uh, the person who wrote in. I said he was very gracious uh, because he stopped filming to talk to my 13-year-old son. 
We all had a bit of a laugh about that one upstairs, let me tell you. And uh, who else got it? Uh, it was most popular newcomer, Craig Gazy, Coronation Street. Not a clue. Not a clue, I'm afraid. Uh, most popular talent show, X Factor, David Tennant as Doctor Who. Be glad when that one goes away. Uh, comedy programme, Gavin and Stacey and entertainment presenters. Anton Deck. Who else? There is nobody else apart from Anton Deck. There is nobody else in television, I'm afraid, apart from Anton Deck. Who else are you going to give it to? Graham Norton? I don't think so. So then they've got a picture of what they were all wearing. Nice to see Louise Redknapp, who now thinks of herself as a TV presenter. You're not. Uh, turned up. Uh, somebody called Helen Flanagan. Sorry, I have no idea who Helen Flanagan is. I'm sure she's really absolutely lovely. Uh, Kim Marsh, lovely. Jane Torville, never quite gets it right. Uh, Cara Twainton, apparently she was in EastEnders and apparently was the girlfriend of uh, Joe Swash. I say Katie Price looks like she's wearing her mother's curtains. A very bad look, but there again you see Glamour Girl. Not, not a model Glamour Girl, completely different. The people who do Glamour tend to be a bit, a bit lower down the spectrum. Okay, You have porno, then you have Glamour, and then you go through hand models and hair models and that kind of thing. And then you get proper catwalk models. Jordan is way just above the gutter, I'm afraid. Glamour models are a bit now. They're sort of, they aren't pretty or attractive enough to do anything, you know, in, in terms of fashion. They have to be airbrushed out. But luckily, they're all willing to get their clothes off. So that's great, isn't it? I mean, that's just the fantastic bull and end all. And there it is. Unfortunately, still hawking that tired old body around at that age and laughingly thinking that she should be at the TV Awards. In the same way, actually, that one of the papers didn't put her in there, and I'm sure she was there. And that was the... Um, oh, God, I can never remember her name. Um, oh, oh, God, it used to be married to um, Paul McCartney. Oh, Heather Mills. Heather Mills trotted up. Well, did not such trot. And, uh, and she... Uh, she tipped up at the uh, at the awards that was good wasn't it so nice to see somebody with such a good past uh, there and david walliams is he's not getting married he just said he's engaged just said he's engaged to this very young person which is good i'm going to do the gold rush story in a moment and uh, just quickly i have to do some uh, some other little bits and pictures try and get all of these out of the way because yesterday we got so many uh, so many of these Texts and emails that come in, you can't get round to them at all. And uh, Rob says, I've just had peanut butter and a sliced banana on cracker bread. Oh, God. Not, not banana. Not, not, no, no, definitely not banana. I mean, that, that's heart attack material, really. Elvis Presley's dead, and he used to like jelly. Uh, but what, what they call jelly is jam. Jam and peanut butter together on the same thing. And even worse, toasted, fried in butter. Used to put butter in the frying pan and then toast these things. Small wonder the poor bloke's dead. Oh, crikey. 84850, steve at And uh, poor old Lorraine. You're still dragging that tired old body round there, are you, Lorraine? You really must get a life, sweet pea. It's dreadful. Steve, you're wasted not doing television. You'd be perfect for a chat show. I turn them down. I'm not remotely interested. As I say, you're only interested in television if you're desperate for money. Luckily, I'm not remotely interested in money at all. I think, you know, as long as you've got enough and you can live very nicely, then uh, why would you bother going on television? People stop you in the street and go, hello? You go, yes. They go, I've seen you on television. Well, well done for you then. What, do you want a medal? I think you're very funny. Yeah, and? I'll tell you, the other day, we have a, we have a balmy street cleaner in Twickenham. It's not all there in the head, but Why? Because when he goes round and he, he sweeps, well, he doesn't so much sweep as just sort of casually pick up bits of paper, and it rains, he carries an umbrella. 
He's got another. They've, they've given him his fluorescent outfit to wear, but the poor soul walks about with an umbrella. Yeah, goes on his bicycle, doesn't use the umbrella. Bit of an attention seeker, I think. Not uh, not really that uh, that clever at all. I will ask Noreen what uh, Mr. Chaz gave Nathan for his uh, present. And looking forward to, to what you tell us about gold. We took some to a jeweller last week. All done properly. Weighed, got the ID, good rate. It was things like gold lockets, pendants, earrings. I haven't worn for years. Well, you wait. I'm going to tell you. Actually, I, I might as well start telling you now. Because I'll do it again a little bit later for those people who join us. And in, No, actually, I will do it later. Because <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm going to say, Noreen, don't you? Absolutely no. But uh, I must thank you. Yesterday... I thought I'd have a little check on the LBC website because on the LBC website there are um, all sorts of pictures of... So I've just got confused. Uh, pictures... I've got confused because it was pictures of Nick Ferrari in America and, uh, and all looking very lovely. So I thought it now would be a good time to actually check on how many of the downloads we're actually doing. And strangely, over Christmas... Don't ask me why... <laughs> Don't ask me why uh, at Christmas, but we went through the roof for downloads for this programme. Don't ask me why, but Adrian wrote back and said, he said, over the Christmas period, you had your biggest increase for 18 months on downloads. I went, wow, that's quite nice, especially as it's contract renewal coming up. Old Whaley's on the road. He's off up to Sky. He has to get there early. It's make-up. And uh, he likes sitting there and being pampered. He always says, he'll always say, oh, I don't put much makeup on. He trowels it on. I'm telling you, I've seen him. Because he, the person you see on the television, doing the papers this morning, will bear no resemblance to the person who comes in the studio later on here. But he says, you're bitter and twisted enough, Steve, for television. Would you like me to put in a word at Sky? No. Strangely enough, actually, I turned down this morning. Twice I've turned down this morning. Would I like to go and do their papers? No, I wouldn't. I can't think of anything worse. So would you like me to put in a word for you, James, at this morning? Because my very good friend Carl is always looking for people. And they're also, I tell you what, at the Alan Titchmarsh show, they're looking to... Sounds wrong to say dumb down, but what they're looking for is they're looking for people who can talk about, you know, Jordan and things like that. They don't want any of the Daily Mail stories. That's why the programme's gone out at five. They're looking to dumb it down. So perhaps you should have a word with, uh, with the producer up there. O'Brien thinks his days are numbered on that one, he said, because they're, they're going down market. I said, but that's where the audience is. I've always wanted to be the Sun, the Daily Star and the Mirror. I've never, ever wanted to be the Telegraph or the Times, which is a shame. I don't know why. It's not my, my sort of market. But you're quite right, I am definitely bitter and twisted enough for television. <sighs> oh, God, it's, it's an art form, but believe you me, I think we've just about perfected it. Quarter past five. <laughs> Here's the headline. British rescuers in Haiti are preparing to search a collapsed school where more than 100 children are missing. The chief executive of HSBC says he's planning to relocate from London to Hong Kong as new taxes are imposed on bankers' bonuses. And it was Stephen Fry's night at the National Television Awards at the O2. He picked up the Outstanding Contribution Award. Here's Outstanding Contribution Award this morning to travelling. It's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Going to start with some good news for a change, and in white... Chat- BC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 18 minutes past five. Steve Allen's early breakfast. Biggest download in the history of the English-speaking world. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, in the paper today, very quickly, I'll sum it up. The man who was jailed for taking on a burglar. Thank goodness he's out. Uh, Simon... Cowell has said he's going to bring out a charity single for the people of Haiti. Uh, He doesn't know what the single's going to be. He doesn't know who's going to star on it. 
But he said, I'm definitely going to bring it out. And Tiger Woods is pictured for the first time at a sex addiction clinic. How fantastic. No more trawling those nasty little websites today, Tiger. You just go into a clinic and they give it to you on a plate, which is brilliant. All of that. And uh, here come the girls, because they're all over the paper, including pitching up in court again, the disgustingly revolting Amy Winehouse found guilty and only fined £85 for using language. I don't know where she gets it from. Just a potty mouth, I'm afraid. And turns up in court with three minders. That was presumably to stop her hitting anybody else because a manager in a pantomime which starred, wait for this, Bobby Davro and Anthea Turner. To be honest with you, if I went, I'd want a drink as well if I was sitting there. And, uh, and she wanted an extra vodka and he said, I think you've had enough to drink. And that's when she kicked off and started using abusive language. I'd have just felt her, chucked her out bodily and gone, set foot in here again, missus. You'll be found strung up outside. Now bugger off and don't come back again. You're a waste of space and take your dreary father with you. Anyway, 19 minutes past five. Over in uh, Cyprus, here he is, off on a live dog rescue. I'm a bit excited by this. I am. This is, I, I don't think I've ever actually done a broadcast with you where I'm driving my car heading to a story. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I mean uh, this is almost... I, f- I feel we're at the, at the pulse of what's going on in Cyprus this morning. Yes. Well, actually, this will develop over the next uh, hour or so because I'll bring you up to speed. I'm on the motorway at the moment. It's very early. It's just on 7... 7.15 in the morning here, and uh, one of the big animal charities here, I don't know if you recall last year, I did. I was talking to you about the, since the credit crunch, a lot of expats who moved here ran out of money. They, they just, they, they up sticks and go. And yes. the biggest victim is their dogs. They don't bother to take them back. I've got a story this morning, an animal charity called me. Four Labradors have been locked in a house for two weeks. The owner just went back to Britain, locked them in, hasn't come back. How disgusting. And uh, in about ten minutes I'll be there, and, uh, you know, what, my, what I'll be doing is rifling, rifling through his stuff to find out who this guy is. And you then know, we're going to is... get these over to a shelter. Oh, absolutely. But also then, hopefully, you can contact some of the papers in this country and say, listen, there's a Brit who for the last two weeks has had his dogs locked up in a house, and this is who he is, and this is where he lives. Yeah, absolutely. The I mean, name and I, shame I, here. What, I, I will do it in the Cyprus papers on on uh, on Sunday. I, I, I'll put a full page in. I've got a, a camera and everything here. I, this sort of thing. It's not the first time, Steve. You remember I told you about another British guy who tied up a, a beautiful wolfhound to his garden gate, left a packet of bourbon biscuits, and went back to England to live. That <laughs> it, is. Awful. It, it, it's madness, isn't it? Well, it's, it's more than madness, I'm afraid. It's, uh, it's a prisonable offence, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, I locked them up. I mean, uh, but what I'll do, I'll, after your show today, uh, when, when I'm back, I'll, I'll send you some pictures and an update so you know, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I think that's dreadful. But, I, just, I can't believe that so we're always being told, well, we were in this country, we're a nation of animal lovers. Nothing could be further from the truth, I'm afraid. More animals well, every I'm, year abandoned, yeah. you know, people torture them. People, you know, drown yeah. them. They just don't care anymore. This is so sad, and you've just hit the nail on the head. Britain did have this reputation mm. as a nation of animal lovers. I can, I can tell you, come and spend a week with me on, on the beach here, you know, doing the, the, <laughs> some of the stories we do in the Cyprus Mail newspaper. You'll change your tune quite quickly. And I've interviewed people, Steve, mm. who would rather have their flat-screen TV ships back than their dog of ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're quite upfront about that. I mean, you know, they, so 
Sorry? Uh, we, we had a story in the papers a couple of weeks ago about two lads and they'd got a baby deer and they jumped on its head and they uh. swung it round by its legs. And you yeah. think, do you know, I wish somebody had bloody well done that to you. I tell you, and smashed your head against the wall and you died. Because, frankly, scum like... And we've got stories in the paper today which... Just beggar belief. You cannot believe the way the country is going at the moment. Two kids in court accused of torturing, and apparently most yeah. of the uh, people were in tears yesterday watching footage of what was going It's just unbelievable that in this day and age, things happen, I, I, yeah. and then, and I, then I, I, and there's no I, recourse I, afterwards at all. Well, this is it. This is the, the bottom line, isn't it? It's, uh, even though you hear of these daily horrors, especially in the UK, where, where you know, we watch your news every day, and we hear of these horrific stories, including the one yesterday of the burglar, uh, of the man defending his house, yes. uh, who, was, who was put in prison. It's, it's amazing that the judicial system seems to be so ineffective. Yes. Or the sentence is so lame and limp. One wonders, really, that, that criminals aren't that bothered when, when, when they know that they're going to get off pretty much scot-free. Oh, there was a, a man who raped a woman purely so that he could go to prison in this country to learn better English. Oh, you see that sickening. It's and sickening. you think I mean, to yourself, do you know, somebody should have taken you out ages ago. I don't know why we're wasting time. You can literally arrive over here from wherever. You can commit rape, murder, and there'll be nothing. They'll go, I think we're, we're, we'll have to deport you at the end of the sentence. And that's the last you ever hear of them. That's if they can find them. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> they can't find them. There is a, the problem in Britain, isn't there? Isn't there a, a hole, a large hole of where there is a million people within the country and they don't know who they are? Mm. And the bigger problem, they don't know who you know, who they are, where they are, and a lot of the paperwork was never done, so there's a chance they'll be there for the rest of their lives, committing crimes, and no documentation, no social security. I mean, it's uh, a million people, that's more than every citizen here in Cyprus, yes, yes. which I would be seriously concerned about, to be honest with you. Well, every day I open up the papers. Good news is that James Whale uh, says if you're looking for somebody to flog the dog haters, he's your man. James Whale is a good folk. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And i tell you what, I'll get him on a plane over here. He can sit here in the car next to me and we'll go and find this, this bloke who left me yeah. stuck. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I'm almost thinking about vigilante gangs. It's totally against my principles, but I'm almost thinking that there are certain people... I mean, there was a guy on the, on the Jeremy Kyle show the other day. Uh -huh. I mean, you only have to watch it for 30 seconds to realise that there's so much pond life out there. And this was something yeah. who couldn't, who, who quite clearly was one of life's losers. He couldn't string two words yeah. together. He had children with different women and then he'd phoned one up for like a joke so he could <coughs> maybe say to her, Look, I want you to have another baby with me. And Jeremy Carl mm -hmm. said to him quite rightly, why don't you get off your arse and do a job? You know, and, <laughs> and he didn't quite understand this. It was a bit beyond his comprehension. I see them in Twickenham. Blokes, you know, who are wearing oversized tracksuits you know, halfway yeah. down, showing their bottoms, because they're quite clearly gay, and uh, sort of talking in a funny kind of accent like that. You know, that's other that, are they rugby players? I can't quite work out what it is. And then there was one girl there, just come out of the council place where they look after, let's call them troubled youngsters. And she said to this uh, young lady, she said, what are you doing now, babe? And she went, I, f I think I'll effing go home to sleep. And I thought, oh, dear. you're a class act, aren't you? But I suppose you've got to wait for the clients to turn up at the door. It's just that ridiculous. Some of that school have, uh, have turned up here as well. What, Britain has a, a great export today. It's one of your exports is chavs and low life, yes. pond life, and yes. you know uh, what they used to call trailer trash. And 
You're sending a fair share in my direction, which I appreciate. Thank well, you very I'm, much. Well, I'm so happy to send them, because to be quite honest, I would rather send them in an aeroplane, and then all of a sudden, the bottom of the aeroplane opens up, and they all <laughs> fall out. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, I had an aeroplane like this when I was a child. And you put oh. things in, and then you push a little button, and, the, and like, the, the bomb doors opened. And in this case, <laughs> the hole underneath of the aircraft would open, and they'd all go. What you should do is have a fantasy... Take a flight with Steve Allen Airways, yeah. and every week, all of the people who who, uh, who you encounter that night, you can put on your fantasy flight, and then on your Friday morning show, you can empty it. I don't think there are planes big enough to handle most of the people <laughs> I want to stick on there. I'm telling you, need you. that A bus A330. I think. I mean, you'd need. Well, exactly. You would need a separate A bus just for Colleen Nolan. <laughs> you know, because she she's she's not losing any weight fast. I'm afraid, poor poor old thing. And so I'd have to put her on there. And a few other people besides. <laughs> well, and you can put this rat thing in. I'm about to go and find out who he is because I'm actually just pulling into a village called Dorinia, which yeah. is on the green line because this is a divided country, as you know. So I'm driving along the UN buffer zone now. I'm going to be at this house in around 10, 15 minutes, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you know how it goes. Four uh, Labradors locked up. So I'll, I'll And they've literally... So, so all they've done is... They've they've literally dumped them there, locked the place up, and come back to it. How did they think they were going to survive? It was rented accommodation. A lot of people come over here. They try the, the sunshine life. They rent. Yeah. He probably hasn't paid his rent. Uh, just took a, a suitcase full of stuff. Left and left these four labs here. So I'm just coming up there now. I can see the animal welfare people in front of me. Actually, so what I'll do is I'll check in with you. Uh, uh, you know, and, and let, let you know how it is. But I. We've got to rush these dogs now right. to the shelter, or probably to the vet, because they, from what I understand, they haven't eaten for, I think, 15 days. Well, so, just force uh, them to. Pretty horrific, really. All right, listen, good luck with that. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Take care. Bye. Nathan Morley, our man in Cyprus. I hope the papers over here pick up on that one, because that'd be quite good. Somebody who moves into rented accommodation takes four, Labr- I mean, four Labradors, how stupid do they have to be, and, uh, and then comes back to this country and just leaves them there. Just leaves them there. And you think, what are they supposed to do? Eat each other? I mean, people like that should be strung up, I'm afraid. There's no, there's no point in messing around with me on this one. I don't have any truck with anybody. Anybody who says differently, I'm afraid, is either mentally cracked or something like that. Something the matter with them. But, uh, but they, these sort of people, there's probably something the matter with them anyway, I should imagine. Uh, 84850, uk. Let's take all your texts and emails on the programme. Mark says, a Pisces not interested in money? No. Not remotely interested. Not re- Why would you want to be interested in money? Oh, you're one of these silly girls, are you, who subscribes to these star signs. You'll be telling me next Pisces is so terribly near to water. And that's very interesting. And they like making friends. And they, and they have fantasies. You're quite clearly a bit cracked, aren't you? This is L... Morning, everybody. You've seen the adverts on the television. You can't get away from them. Send us your gold. I, I got rid of my wedding ring. It was marvellous. I sent it off, and they sent me back £200. Way! I sent off some jewellery, and I got £400. And there are all these happy people on the television holding up bundles of money. The idea being to get you to part with a, uh, a part of your life to send to them because it's totally unregulated. They say... They're uh, buying your gold to melt down. So that's why they're offering such ludicrously appalling prices. It's non-regulated. In other words, I could set myself up, Steve, for gold. And you could send me your gold and you would trust me. 
because I'm a very trustworthy person, and I'll say, I'm going to pay you that. What they're paying on average is 6% of the value. Now, if somebody sends in something that's a nice bit of jewellery, they're not going to melt it down. They're going to flog it on. And that's where you lose out, I'm afraid. So, which magazine decided to put this to the test? They went out and they purchased four identical items of gold jewellery in November. Uh, One cost £115, one was £215, and one was £399. So they've got that, and they then sent them to four TV gold buyers, as well as getting quotes from three high street pawnbrokers and three jewellers. So this is what was sent back. In other words, you phone up, and there's a very nice lady standing there saying, phone me and I'll send you this envelope and have a picture of a nice load of ladies sitting in a room, as opposed to, you know, whatever you think might be the other end of it. And um, so £115 is what they put. This is brand new, remember. £115. They sent it to Cash My Gold. How much did they offer? £6.43 for £119. Postal Gold, £7.97. Money for Gold... £8.17. Cash for gold, £10.31. The pawnbroker offered £26. And the jeweller, £33. Which is, you know, that's probably about right, I would think. Then they sent their item worth £215. They sent it to Cash My Gold. Bearing in mind, these have been independently valued. They know exactly what they're worth. Back came... £9.64. Postal gold, £10.89. Money for gold, £11.26. Cash for gold, £14.57. The pawnbroker, £32. And the jeweller, £46. So you're not getting a lot of money. Whoever you go to, you're not getting a lot. But you're getting least at the moment from Cash My Gold. Next, they have an item worth £399. They send it to Cash My Gold. And bear in mind, this is £400 worth of jewellery. Cash My Gold have the impertinence to send back £22.50. Postal Gold sent back £25.04. Money for Gold said it wasn't gold at all and demanded £10.95 to have it sent back. Cash for Gold offered £31.48. The pawnbroker, £80.00. And the jeweller, £102. The advice would have to be, you've got to get the law changed to find out. Their argument is that uh, they're, they're doing it at scrap value, which is about 6% of the price. The other argument is, you don't have to sell to them. If you don't want it, then you write back to them and say, I'll, I'll have some more. I suspect by that time, they've already done away with it. I'll tell you for why. Because when which said to one of the companies, no, we don't want that, they doubled the price. And they offered them twice as much money. Which means to me that they probably... Why would they bother hanging on to it? You'd have piles of jewellery sitting there with somebody's name and address, and somebody writes in and goes, I sent it a short while ago, can you send it back? And they go, oh, for God's sake, which one is that? So I reckon that what they do, and you might have to help me out on that one if ever you've actually tried it, is uh, they just say, oh, listen, we'll, we'll double the money. We really want it for scrap. In other words, we've already got rid of it. Because that's what I, I reckon would happen. So it has to be changed. But they did ask for £9.95 to, uh, to return the item. I do love the idea, though, that one of them said it wasn't even gold. It just is... Listen, you take your life in your hands. You want to go and sell something, you go and do it through a jeweller. Somebody stand there and, and, and you know it's being done properly. Well, you hope it's being done properly. Start sending it away to somebody you don't know and, you know, you get nothing. 
hundred pounds and they can offer you six pounds for it. I mean, it's just it's just not right, is it? Especially if you're somebody who needs the money. Dreadful. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, more of your texties. But what do we get today? What's our free thing from? Uh, oh, from Greg's. It's a free drink today. Oh, not as exciting. Everybody's collecting the vouchers for a meal for a fiver. Oh, Richard Hakey is scrambling around the office, cutting out bits of paper. And I said, what are you doing? He said, meals for a fiver. I said, oh, right. Lovely. <laughs> I didn't, didn't quite understand what the meal was until I checked. And there's all sorts of places. But when you go in there, I always think, you know when you go into a place and they go, oh, here, here is a voucher for, for, say, a harvester, and it's offering two meals for a tenner. Make yourself known to them and say that you've got the voucher when you sit down, because I reckon you're getting the smaller meal. So my advice is don't tell them at the beginning. Eat your meal first and then go, oh, by the way, we have a voucher. And they're going to go, well, you should have told us at the beginning. So, well, we didn't, did we? Call their bluff. Because somebody told me, because I know that there's a certain fish and chip shop near, near me, and on rugby days they offer smaller fish and chips because it's the rugby fans. And most rugby fans are vastly overweight, but they, uh, they have little smaller fish and chips because they're, they're, they're not going to waste, uh, waste money on and, and fish and chips and stuff like that. I love Brian Reed talking about... Ricky Gervais, somebody says, well, he, he actually says here, who says he's not a comic genius? His last portrayal of David Brent was in an office Christmas special in which he showed how the character's life panned out after leaving Wernham Hogg, a series of cringe-inducing personal appearances at Berkshire nightclubs where he grinned inanely and peddled a wafer-thin repeat of Brent's finest moments. How brave, says Brian, of Gervais to reprise that same act before a worldwide audience watching the Golden Globes. It is true, actually. It was poor, to say the least. I mean, it was so poor, it was embarrassing. And uh, somebody wrote to me the other day and said, I think he's, he's a very humble man. <laughs> Con Jew, didn't he, mate? Because he said, he said because he actually said he, he couldn't believe that pay, people paid him all this money. Of course he can. Of course he can. It's amazing, isn't it, that you can manage to sort of trot out a tired old act like David Brent and still make it work for the Americans, who, to be honest with you, didn't laugh as much and they had to sort of have a little bit of help, I think. Here's troubled singer Amy Winehouse. Nasty little piece of work you are, darling, aren't you? Nasty. Uh, she launched a foul mouth attack on a theatre manager after she went to the panto. The 26-year-old called Richard Pound uh, an effing C. Whatever that is. And uh, so class act in front of children. I'd have smacked her in the mouth, I'm afraid. I wouldn't have put up with that. Foul mouth or not, you'd have picked her up bodily. Bouncers over here, pick this old bag up. Chuck her straight through the doors. Don't bother opening them. Chuck her straight through them. Who on earth do you think you are? You foul mouthed old nothing. God dear. Why don't you go away? Why don't you just go somewhere else? Why don't you, I'm trying to think where we can send you to. Where would they appreciate you at the moment? Nowhere. Nowhere at all. I do like Penman and Summerlad investigating. They're talking about a phone gang who prey on uh, mis-selling. Uh, what they do, it's people who actually uh, claim that they, uh, they can't sell this, can't sell that, and say, don't worry, we'll help you out. Crooks. If it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. They're all over the place. Everywhere you go now, it's people trying to rip you off. I mean, the only thing you can be assured of is that Honest LBC is there behind you all the way, 100%. Honest presenters, people who wouldn't cheat you, unless it was absolutely necessary, so today. And, uh, you know, we try and look after your well-being. We're not medically qualified. And, you know, we do, we, we're more than happy to take your balmy email sometimes and your crackpot text messages. We don't mind doing that because we care. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. You come join the Disney Club with us and we'll all be happy together, which is good news, isn't it? Steve, I've just been listening to your talk regarding the treatment of the uh, stupid, pathetic ex-pats and the way they treat their animals in Cyprus. Makes my blood boil. 
I can't believe that some people would do that. I took my hound to the vet today. It cost me an arm and a leg, but I wouldn't be without him. Well, in fact, that's what we said yesterday on the programme. If you do have an animal, the one thing you must get is pet insurance, because vets, and you don't find a poor vet, um, they're, you know, charge an arm and a leg, and you, you, some people can't afford it. They just can't afford it. So you need to actually take out the insurance. It's the only way you can... It's like pet food. I remember at one time when we had pets, that the, the pet ate what we ate. Because, to be honest with you, none of us could face the smell of cold cat food on a winter morning being dug out of a tin, and the cat would look and say, oh, God, you're not going to... And then, of course, the cat eats it, then wants to come and lick your face. Go away! You've been eating salmon. It's horrible. And it's salmon mushed up with, oh, other things. Say, your cat will appreciate it. It didn't know. You could have fed it cornflakes it would have eaten and it was so hungry. Oh, vile. These tin- And then we get food in pouches. You're paying for it. Because they work on the assumption if you're an animal lover, although quite clearly we're not, you'll, you'll pay through the nose for just about anything at all. Uh, a lot of people pointing out that Jedward weren't actually singing. Uh, they, well, I thought that's a horrific thing to say. Jedward not singing. What are you saying? We know they can't sing. I know they can't sing. But they're a novelty act. Don't believe the cheeky girl. Touch my bum, don't be shy. Pay me money, I go to papers. You know, that kind of stuff. That's how the cheeky girls work. And Jedward will do the same thing. Although, to be honest, I did ask Sunita. I said, do you think they're both virgins? And she said, I think it's highly likely. And so there they were. They jump around because they're not all there in the, in the brain department. They're very young, very immature. But they look good and people see, you know, they seem to make people happy. They're a little bit like overexcited puppies who need house training. But that's, you know, that's cool. That's OK. But they certainly don't, don't sing, which is a shame. Uh, Phil says, I bought a, a very lively 13-tog duvet. So I have no idea what 13-togs is. I've, I know that my, my duvet is very, very light. But it is so warm and snuggly-buggly. I mean, it really is the best duvet you can get. Cost an arm and a leg. Well, two arms and two legs. And, uh, and it's lovely. And I've had another duvet, because you can buy them really cheap. You can buy a duvet 15 quid, and people go, That's, what, what's the difference? The difference is one is cheap and revolting, and the other one is quite nice and classy. And as far as I'm concerned, you can't do better than being wrapped up snugly in bed. No Nick Ferrari in America, even as we speak. He's uh, sitting there in uh, second class. And he'll be uh, probably, you know, resting his eyes. I should small, small gin and tonic, I think. And the team will be flying back. Actually, he'll, he'll be in first. The rest of the team will be in second, and some of them will be helping out with the drink service. And he'll be flying back into the country. He'll be back with you tomorrow on LBC. This morning, it's Andrew Pierce. So even as I speak, Andrew will be getting up, combing his hair carefully, you know, because he's... Uh, well, in fact, it, it, he's... A, I don't want to say this because it's speaking out of turn, but he's a bit Frankie Howard. OK, he keeps it on a little sort of block by the, uh, by the bedroom door. And so as he's go- sometimes he comes in and he doesn't have it on. And I've said to him, I said, you're not, you're not, <coughs> you're not wearing it. And he'll go, oh, God. And so he sort of goes, right, he puts a hat on. You know, that kind of thing. It's all right, you know. Don't, just don't, don't say I said anything, for goodness sake. But thank you very much indeed for all the, uh, for all the downloads. I think it's going to secure me another contract. Year 31. Doesn't seem possible, does it? But I'm very grateful, so thank you for that. And uh, as I say... December, our best month ever for people downloading the programme. Best for 18 months. Even I didn't think that was, uh, it, it was going to be that good. In fact, I didn't actually think people would be downloading so much over Christmas because they all, the, people go away, don't they? They go and visit Father Christmas, they have wrap presents and stuff like that. And they, perhaps they take me on holiday, which is nice, isn't it? You know, let's go on holiday and let's take Steve Allen. And the wife's going, you're joking, of course. 
No, I've always listened to Steve Allen. So take Steve Allen with us. They slide there on the beat. It's very funny, this, you know. The wife's going is about as funny as herpes, I think. Anyway, so let's see people are lying there listening to the programme. But over Christmas, you've got four hours. Even I thought that was too much. Quarter to six. These are the headlines. British rescue teams are preparing to search the remains of a collapsed school in Haiti. 100 pupils are still missing at the site in Port-au-Prince after last week's earthquake. Police are still holding a 19-year-old man over the murder of an A-level student who was stabbed on her way from work in Reading on Monday night. And new fathers are getting advice from the government on becoming a parent. The new instruction manual will tell them what to do during childbirth and how to interact with newborn children. Let's have a check on the state of the road. Jay Louise! Thank you very much, Steve. Road's fairly good at the moment, dare I say. Just a few things... BC 97.3 Morning, everybody. Well done to Frances Cooley. Frances does something very interesting in Bristol. She makes handbags and shoes out of chocolate. I mean, I ask you, some people round the bend or what? You know, so she creates them and she sells them for £21. I often wonder who would buy something like that. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, at Christmas, I was buying Father Christmases in chocolates and giving them to people. And that's when Alan Dodgen had to get it valued. How much for a chocolate Father Christmas? I said, I don't know, I can't remember, £21. And he said, God, I thought we'd want to buy something nice for people, don't you? I don't want to go to Lidl. I've got this horrible feeling we're going to end up with a pound shop in Twickenham. Although the good news is that we seem to be one of the revitalised areas because most of the shops seem to be setting back up again. We've lost loads of shops. Unfortunately, we're still stuck with, uh, with the usual plethora of estate agents and ghastly fast food places. Um, and now the Woolworths is being... Uh, well, they've, they've what, done over the windows with whitewash. And I always think there's something... So, of course, I'm like the idiot, aren't I? So I've got my little eye through there. Go, What's going on? Because we had this ghastly shop there over Christmas... And they, they sort of pretended they'd been there for ages, selling smoke-damaged furniture, I ask you. Like you sort of wake up in the morning and think, you know, I must get some smoke-damaged furniture. Unfortunately, a few people probably did. But now they're saying it could be a pound land. Like, oh, dear. Well, that's guaranteed to lower an area, isn't it? It's broken, isn't it, the machine? It's broken. Is somebody repairing it? Is he repairing Oh, God. Why do they repair it, you know, just when you really want a cup of coffee? What is it with this place? Fairly grey and cold start. Mist in patches. What Hakia says. Chance of some bright spells this afternoon. Whoopee. Maximum temperature six centigrade, currently three. And tonight, dry but cloudy to start. Rain arriving from the west and spreading eastwards after midnight. Breezy for a while in the early hours. The low three centigrade. Saturday and Sunday, cloudy but mostly dry. Chance of the odd patch of drizzle. That's okay, I'm, I'm out on uh, Saturday. Uh, and then Monday, slightly colder, still cloudy, mostly dry, higher four centigrade. No snow. Nobody notices, no snow. We were promised snow. I'm, I'm really feeling a bit miffed about this snow malarkey. Other people have had it in Kent. Perhaps I should have moved to Kent. I like the story of uh, David Field and uh, an accomplice. Uh, what they did, they, they, they called a cab and they said to the cab driver, OK, mate, uh, we're just getting a television. Can you reverse up to Argos's front door? So he reverses up to Argos's front door. This is uh, Darren Renton. And so they ran inside Argos picked up two widescreen televisions, rushed back, put them in the back of the car and said, drive. And he went, I don't think so. And they went, drive, and we'll give you some extra money. He went, no. And so one of them got out and ran off, and, and the other one sat there, and then the police nicked him. And he, was, he pleaded guilty to the theft of a TV worth 279 from Argos. Magistrates gave him a 12-month conditional discharge to run concurrently with a six-month order given for an earlier offence. You see, I'd have locked him up. I'm terribly sorry, Dave. You're obviously a prat. Let's lock him up. It's easier that way. Why do we wait? I'm giving you a conditional discharge. He's quite clearly a professional thief. 
You know, you really want him to break into the judge's house, and then when he comes up in court, goes, oh, well, never mind. You obviously had a misspent childhood, didn't you? What a shame your mummy and daddy didn't pat you on the head too often and give you sweeties. So you had to go and steal. I was in Argos in Kingston age, a couple of years ago. Always remember it, because two, let's just call them suspect people, walked in. And you can always tell if somebody can shop there. It's like I can spot a Marks and Spencer's customer a mile off. And I can spot people who shop in Argos. And uh, they've generally got lots of bags from Primark, and they're looking to add to their range of expensive jewellery by shopping at Elizabeth Duke. And they go in there, and they look through Elizabeth's gorgeous range of really high-quality jewellery, suitable for all occasions, and, you know, some of it you can even wear. And they were looking at televisions, but they weren't just looking at televisions. What they were doing is they were pulling them out a little bit to see if they were connected. And, of course, they're all connected with, like, a bicycle cable. So, in other words, somebody disconnects it, goes, woo, 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 woo. And, and, they, and they were sort of seeing if they could manoeuvre it off, which, of course, you can't. It's like trying to remove a clamp off a car. It's not physically possible. And I was watching them, and after ten minutes, they actually gave up. And I thought, all they'll do is go to another place. And, but what, the, what they do is they try and pick somewhere where the televisions are near the door. There's no point in going to John Lewis. You've got to run through three-quarters of the ladies' department and lingerie to get your television out. So you're never going to nick a television. Although I did notice at the Apple store... In Regent Street, some rather clever people have managed to nick items from there, cases and such like, by taking them out of the cardboard box and just pocketing the case. Because we were looking for cases the other day, and a few of them were empty. Somebody had removed the actual case, taken it out, because the security tag presumably is in there. Some supermarkets tag the meat. I saw somebody in Kingston, must have been about two years ago as well, there was a, a, a music shop, it's not there now, it's gone, and somebody ran in the morning... And had a big pile of CDs by, by the door. Just picked up a whole part and ran straight out again. I caught the alarm go, woo, 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 like that. I don't know why they do that. Taking our stuff. And, and he just ran out the store. And I sort of stood there. And the dopey staff, you've noticed, the staff in record stores in particular are a bit grungy. All a bit like, yeah, mate, if you, want, you, know, you want to buy this as well? Because you buy this with that. It come, you, know, you can buy this for £2. OK, I don't want that. Oh, this one, £3. Want that one for £3? Go that with this. You want a special discount voucher? And you go, are you in the real world? You know, that, no, but you can't really have a conversation. Next one, hello. Next. Come on. Come on. Oh, I can't be bothered. I'm going to go and stack a shelf and put some more CDs on it. So they stand there. You know, there's a queue of about 300 people there. You think, very shortly, we won't go out to the high street. We'll only go to the high street to pick up third-rate food. rest of the time, you'll order it all online. And that'll be, uh, that'll be quite nice, won't it? I like, oh, good Lord, oh dear, not sure about that. Steve Hargrave being kissed by James Corden. I was worried about James Corden. I'm slightly worried about Steve Hargrave now, I think. <laughs> anyway, anyway, a lot of people worrying about um, Cadbury's. I love the idea that somebody was going, uh, oh, because people think it's, it's a Jewish company. You go, I think they're Quakers, actually. <laughs> I don't say that you can buy Cadbury's all over the Middle East. They don't kind of worry about that. Amy does get a criminal record. I think most of her records have been criminal, I'm afraid. Mark is up early this morning. Good morning. And uh, another one here. And says, I hope you are happy for O'Brien and Clive. Um, are you on medication or something or what? What, what do you want, Popsy? I don't know. Sarah says, I, I, I took you to Spain recently and you saved my holiday. I'll never leave home without you. I know. I'm like that. I've been known to save marriages. I've also been known to split marriages up. I mean, that's a fairly popular one, you know. Well, it's, listen, either me or Steve Allen. Goodbye. You know, that's, that's generally the sort of thing. People listening with a little speaker under the, uh, under the pillar. Michelle says, keep us updated about the dogs left by the expats. I'll be passing on the news in the hairdressers I work at. Oh, God, well, that's it then. The whole country's going to know now. You're not hairdressers. Oh, anyway, where'd you go on holiday then? I don't know. 
Which makes more highlights? I don't know. Blonde? Yeah, I know. She came in the other day. She said one next door. Third time this week. Root canal. And, uh, you know, they all go for it, don't they? Hairdresser. You couldn't trust a hairdresser as long as your life. You really couldn't. I've got pet insurance, Steve. I pay £23 a month and they cover next to nothing. Yeah, you have to... Well, you've, you've got to get the pet insurance for you. And, uh, and that's... And that's how it works. Because it's... I mean, I've never had pet insurance, but there again, we only had a hamster. I mean, we did have a dog years and years ago, but in those days... Uh, vets weren't as expensive as they are now. In fact, if, in fact, I don't remember ever taking our dog to the vet. I don't ever remember taking it to the vet at all. That's funny. Why would all of a sudden vets have become big business? We didn't do anything like that. We didn't have anybody there at all. You know, we didn't have tablets or anything. Oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? Uh, another one here. Are you surprised by the embarrassing expats? We have a long tradition of exporting our achievements. Unfortunately, the only thing we now excel at are embarrassments. No wonder we're now exporting drunken chavs with no respect for anyone or anything. I know, it's dreadful, isn't it? Uh, Carol says, some evil person has stolen my uh, silver Somali cat called Tinsel. Clearly not a stray. Someone has lured her in. And uh, she says, I have a neighbour from hell living behind me. I think I should move to Twickenham. My dad used to live on a boat on Eel Pie Island. My cat would have been safer there. Probably not, actually. There's foxes about all over the place now. Dreadful foxes are everywhere. Can't move for foxes. Uh, Still to come... Uh, the charity single. I'm not normally a fan of charity singles. We went through a phase in this country of coming up with the biggest bunch of dross you'd ever heard in your life. Uh, people go, oh, look, here it is. It's another has-been pop star bringing out a charity single. Uh, but this time, if it's got Simon Cowder, he's done a few before. All he's got to do is put a few people... Nobody's going to turn it down. No, bless you. Nobody, but nobody is going to turn Simon Cowder. Can you imagine? He contacts Paul McCartney. Paul, I'm doing a charity single. I'll be there. They'll all go for the simple reason it's a charity single. That's, that's how it works. Peter Crouch, the England football ace, has been signed up to be the face of a chocolate bar. Oh, God, how boring, honestly. I mean, what are these people, why do the companies waste money doing this? You know, it's, it's just ridiculous. We buy these chocolate bars anyway. I don't need Peter Crouch to convince me to buy a chocolate bar. Uh, Coronation Street won Best Soap in the live public vote at the National Television Awards. I say the live television awards because I was getting stuff through... On, uh, on the telly awards. <coughs> so, I mean, was it, was it done a little bit in advance or certain bits pre-recorded? But anyway, they, they actually did that, uh, even though Emmerdale is poor at the moment, I'm afraid. Very, very poor. I watched it yesterday. The still mad as a brush vicar. And the bar... We've got to get rid of Betty Eggleton. All right, I'll make you a nice cup of tea, love. I'll make you a nice cup... Go away! You're badly acting. Go away! There's animals in the field doing better than you are. I'll make you a cup of tea, love. They always talk like that. Have you noticed? Every northern place will have a cup of tea. That's all they do. I'm so not surprised they're as big as Lake Windermere, most of these people. They sit there. There's this, there's this woman in hospital who's balmy and should have been run over. And, uh, and now she's blatantly told a lie to poor Edna, who's never heard the word before. And because she said, wait, 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 did this relationship go any further? And the old lying bag in the bed goes, he finished with me this morning. It was only a couple of occasions. I'm thinking, no, he didn't. He didn't go anywhere near you. I feel like saying to Edna, turn on the television, watch Emmerdale, and they'll tell you that she's lying. And you're supposed to be in it. How come you're not watching the same thing we're watching? I don't understand it. You know, you go into, into, the, into the, the pub there, the Woolpack, there's never a television on. I've never been in a pub yet where there's no television. That'll tell you that over in Emmerdale, things are going on that are... are it's just blatant lies. It's not nice. I'm getting quite angry, I'm afraid. It's not like me at all on a Thursday. I'm generally such a happy little soul.
Hey, van owners, you got to keep the... Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. It's nice to be company. Having told you earlier on, and you will have to podcast the programme to discover the horrendous story of the animal leavers in Cyprus... I urge you to podcast. If you're an animal lover, you'll be wanting to do something about it. I'm not going to give it away now. I'd rather you've spent £2, as little as £2 a month, downloading everything on LBC. Not just this programme, but everybody. But thank you for downloading this more than the other programmes. That makes me feel a little bit better about life, because you soon sometimes wonder, don't you? You get up at 2 in the morning and I bounce out of bed and think, I wonder if anybody else is alive. And luckily, you are. Well, some of you, not all of you. And those ones we don't talk about. News is coming up. It's LBC 97.3. On FM. What a lovely day Thursday is. I don't know why. It's just it's, I'm looking out of the window and you know there are lambs playing in the meadow and uh, and sheep and cows and horses. Which reminds me, I must stop drinking at this time of the morning. It's obviously not doing me any good at all. But I do. I feel quite good about a Thursday. I like a Friday too. Actually, Wednesday's not bad. Monday's a little bit iffy for some people. And Tuesday's all right. And uh, and the weekend's quite good. Saturday I like a lot. And Sundays. In fact, I'm fairly happy with everything. I just wish it was lighter. At this time of the morning, I remember last year, we were sort of sitting here and as, as sort of the, the clocks go, whatever they do, they tittle about all over the place and I've got no idea. But some mornings we would sit here and, and we would watch it get light. And, you know, when you don't have much in your life, that was something to look forward to out the window. And then, of course, we had the man undressing and that was something else to look forward to for Amanda. She kept her happy for about five minutes. Uh, and now we've told you about the gold and we've told you how bad the prices are. And just let me reiterate very quickly, this is the witch survey, where they took three pieces of jewellery. I'll take the top jewellery piece that they uh, sent, worth £399. Uh, cash for gold, sent them £22.50, something worth 400 Postal gold, £25.04. Money for gold said it wasn't gold at all. Uh, cash for gold, uh, which is different from cash my gold, sent £31.48. The pawnbroker offered £80 and the jeweller £102. James says he took some gold to a shop in Hatton Garden. They had a teletext on showing the latest gold prices. He separated the saleable items from the scrap items and gave me the day's price on the scrap and a better price on the rest. What they're offering you on the uh, companies that are featured on the television is scrap value. They're offering 6% at best. And the chief executive of which, Peter Vickery uh, Smith, says the poor value for money that these TV gold buyers are providing is simply shocking. The cash for gold market is unregulated. The investigation has raised some serious concerns about the fair treatment of consumers. People should be wary of buyers' adverts, as they could almost certainly get more money for their gold elsewhere. But it did also bring up the fact that some of the gold could be stolen. It might be the, you know, somebody might have broken into somebody's house, stolen things, and, uh, and then just put it in an envelope. You've only got so, because by the time it's melted down, who's going to know? How do they know? Do you sign an affidavit saying this is definitely uh, this is definitely my my gold? It was handed on to me from you know mother to father and things. I don't know. I really have no idea at all. So be be wary. Be wary if you're thinking of uh, of sort of selling gold. Unless you're absolutely desperate, don't do it. Okay. Uh, say happy birthday to my twin sister Sally, who lives in Watford. Broke her arm yesterday. She's a big fan. Well, at least the good news, Sarah, is that she won't be to go out shopping. Can't really do that, can you? Which is good news. And uh, a lot of people thinking, you know, Peter Crouch, the face of a chocolate bar. Kind of figures, doesn't it? Jedward jumping up and down like whirling dervishes at the National TV Awards. And the front cover of OK! magazine, which has Gary Barlow on his, I think, is it 10th wedding anniversary? Something like that. And all the celebrities there. And who wasn't there? 
Robbie Williams. Because Robbie Williams wasn't invited. And because they don't like each other. And, uh, and that's what I said. It used to make me laugh. Every time we used to say before, that take that a touring, and they've got a very successful show, and it was beautifully done. And people were saying, oh, Robbie Williams is going to get back with them. And I'd go, no, he's not. Definitely not. They don't need him. They absolutely don't need him. Why would they want to split the money even further? Dreadful. Wendy says, the little Chinese tangerines are back in at Martin's. No, really? Unbelievable. Good Lord. In Martin Spencer's? No, they're not. They can't be. I don't believe it. I got a Christmas card yesterday, Steve. Is this a late one for 2009 or an early 2010? I don't know. I quite like... I think we should send Christmas cards throughout the year. I think that's a good idea, isn't it? And uh, I've got no idea who Jason Manford is. You know Jason? No. A total unknown, but he's the guest columnist for Kelvin McKenzie. So, but, and he says, I'm on Friday night with Jonathan Ross next month. I don't even know who he is. Jason Manford. That's str- Perhaps he's some... I don't know. I don't know what he is. But it's a bit desperate when somebody has to tell you that they're going to be on a television programme and you don't really know who they are. You sort of go, I'm sorry, who, who are you? And go, um, Jason Manford. And you go, yeah, but what do you do? Uh, don't know. Don't know at all, actually. Uh, David Walliams arriving back in the country. New fiancée, Lara Stone, who's showing off her sparkly ring. He's 38. She's 26. They're uh, very, very happy. She's had difficulties with men in the past. She's got a work cut out with this one. He actually cross-dresses, just in case you didn't know. Oh, Jason Manford. Comedian, writer and TV presenter. Oh. Oh, That kind of sums it up now, isn't it? Mind you, I mean, you can obviously say anything, because James Max is now a style guru. So I suppose if you can say that, Steve Allen, weight loss person, you know, person to ask about your diet. The website's the comedian Jason Manford. He's an English writer, comedian, actor, radio and television presenter. Oh, how funny. I've never heard of him. He must be from up north. He must be from up north. In fact, he's got a DVD and everything. And he's doing gigs. That's good. He's doing gigs. And he's got a, a thing live. And he's doing the Cornerstone at Didcot. OK, right. Because we're all familiar with that. Big venue. Uh, the Courtyard in Hereford. Or make your way down to the Courtyard if you can. And uh, the Drill Hall in Lincoln. The Gulbeckian in Canterbury. God, they're huge, huge venues, aren't they, here? We've really got some big things coming up. The Hull Truck in Hull and the Huntington Hall in Worcester. Victoria Hall in Stoke. He obviously sort of plays a bit sort of north of the border. Always oh, doing St George's Hall in Bradford. Buxton Opera House. Not really doing anything down here, is he, actually? Probably wise. Because down, you know what we like down here. Of course, somebody's bad. We start stoning them and shouting, Boo! Boo! Get off! Things like that. Well, I've never even heard of you, Jason. I'm ever so sorry. Comedian, writer and TV presenter. Well, we'll find out just how funny you are next week when you go on, or next month when you go on to Jonathan Ross's show, because presumably you've lined up a very funny act. And you'll be going, Hello, my my name's Jason Manford. And we'll be going, Oh, you're that funny writer, comedian and TV presenter. Now you know. Quarter past six. Are you ready to revolution? BC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday morning in London town. It's probably different where you are. But if you look out the window, it's another day. It's still Thursday. Well, it depends where you're listening in the world. It might not be Thursday. It doesn't matter, though. You're most welcome. It's 6.20 here in Leicester Square, and it's still dark. I can tell it's still dark because the man over the road hasn't turned his lights on and started undressing for us. It's the morning show that we get. Unfortunately, sitting, waiting patiently in his own beautiful, bejeweled, decked sitting room, sitting there under a parlour palm with a little fez on his hat, on his head, and uh, sitting there perhaps with a cigarette, slowly, sort of, you know, blowing smoke into the room with a glass of whiskey. Oh, no, it's Roger Foster. Do beg your pardon. I thought we were talking to Nathan Morley again. Morning, Roger. Oh, yeah. 
I thought you were talking about somebody else. Well, Surely I, not me. Listen, I spend my entire life talking about other people. It's fascinating. <laughs> no. uh, two things. First of all, I did see the bit about the Olivier's, where in an effort, presumably, to bring themselves up to date, they've decided, yeah. and they should have done it years ago, to ask the public to vote. Yes, that's right. You can't vote on everything, but you certainly can vote on shows that have been long runners. So there's a special audience award this year, mm-hmm. the Laurence Olivier Audience Award, and that gives theatre-goers the chance to, to vote for their favourite long, long-running show. And uh, I think that's a really good idea. They did do something like this before, I think, some time ago, but they need to do that to, I think, give it much more of a kind of common currency so yes. that... Uh, people feel like they have part of it. Otherwise, it gets a little bit divorced from reality, doesn't it? Yes, but, I, I, uh, and I, I did spend... big award. Yeah, I did spend two years on the committee, as you know. I know, yeah. And in the end, you, got, you become so theatred out. You couldn't, you couldn't yes. bear to see another light dimming again. <laughs> it was just driving me <laughs> <Yeah>. mad. <laughs> I became quite ill with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very easy to do. I, I, I tried it out myself. I had a look. I haven't voted yet, but I had a look. Yeah. You just go to the official London Theatre website and there's a there's a link there that you can go on to for the olivia awards vote and you just fill it in and put down down the show it has to be a show that uh opened before the first of january last year yes yeah. so it's got to be a long runner so and be like blood be. brothers or wicked or yes wicked or, or we will rock you is another one that keeps running and running and running doesn't yes. it and dirty dancing is another one there's lots of long running shows and in a way they do get forgotten in awards don't they because mm. everybody thinks about what's opened the previous year and what's been a big hit but uh, there there are some shows and as we were saying only the other week with blood brothers it's absolutely sensational yes yes and still keeps still keeps packing them in and still keeps reducing people to tears it's uh I like show. It's a bit like this show, actually. This still reduces people to tears. Yeah, well, I didn't like... <laughs> they always turn on and go, my God, he's still there. Must be yeah, 190. Yeah, but tears of, <laughs> tears of joy. Oh, bless tears you. Tears of joy on a Thursday morning. Oh, good grief. <laughs> well, anyway, just over the road from us here, as I look out of my window, is the Garrick. And there, oh, yes. the little dog laughed. Yes, lots of tears of laughter, actually. The little dog laughed to see such fun. I mean, it makes a change to have a comedy in the West End, I think, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. And, and actually, it reminded me, because this morning, just listening to the news just now, and Stephen Pryor being called a national treasure, quite openly gay. Yes. And here, there's a, a, this uh, play that's come over from Broadway, very, very funny, starring Tamsin Gregg and Rupert Friend, about a closeted young Hollywood actor who's... Uh, fallen for a male prostitute and decides that he wants to come out but this is when he's on the brink of a huge great big hollywood deal that's going to earn everybody mega fortunes so his agent that's tanzing greg just goes ballistic and of course it's career suicide and Mm. she simply doesn't want him to be as she says the sort of actor who goes to the oscars with and takes his mother (laughs) um, (laughs) i do well Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is really the last taboo, in a way, in Hollywood, isn't it? And Colin Firth, I, I, I remember when that film that he's just made, A Single Man, he plays a gay college professor in that. And just before Christmas, he was saying exactly this, mm. that, um, you know, you would think in these days, in this day and age, it, it doesn't really matter, but he was saying that Hollywood actors who are gay still have to stay in the closet. Yes, for most exactly of the, time the same as footballers. 
You will not find yes. gay footballers coming out or gay sportsmen. All right, for women to come out, I, mean, I don't think anybody would be at all surprised to discover a, a lesbian golfer or something like that, or a lesbian yeah. tennis player. But God forbid it was a bloke. And the same for yes. actors in America. Over here, it makes no difference. But in America, I couldn't think of any major star. We knew about Rock Hudson years and years ago, but by God, they did their best to keep that covered up. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, he even got married, didn't he? Yes. He got married very, very early on. And, mm. and, and, and there's uh, an interesting little note here. I've just noticed in the programme, because it mentions that, and he, 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 it was a kind of arranged marriage, really. Mm. And, and there's a quote from him at the time saying, when I count my blessings, my marriage tops the list. Well, within about three years, yes. they were divorced, because the wife didn't even know no. anything about him when, when they married. So... It, it shows you what people are prepared to do to 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 make. Well, I suppose it's 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 a closet that people have to stay in in order to keep all this uh, Hollywood thing going. But it's odd, really, too, isn't it? That uh, this is a time when you can play a gay character in mm. a Hollywood movie and you can get an Oscar, like uh, Sean Penn, Fantastic in Milk, playing Harvey Milk, and there, there was that other film with uh, Tom Hanks playing the gay lawyer mm. in uh, Philadelphia. Mm. So, uh, well, Brokeback Mountain, a Hollywood movie. And, and then it just goes on. But it's, it's, it is that taboo. And this is what this comedy plays on. And, and, of course, the end result is that everybody is happy in the end. And using that word gay, <laughs> everybody's happy. <laughs> but they're all, all, all of them, living a lie. Yes. So it, it's, it's, it's okay if you live a lie and become a phony. Uh, because... The industry demands that of their stars, mm. and there's a great machine to keep all the stuff quiet. And, yes. and Tamsin Gregg, of course, is fantastic as this agent, a bit like a kind of, I suppose, a female Max Clifford, only, <laughs> only uh, of course, this character, too, is actually a lesbian, and, and, and that's something she has to keep quiet about. But what amazing performance from Tamsin Gregg as a kind of very loud-mouthed agent who is determined that her young man is going to make loads and loads of money for everybody, and she's going to ma manipulate anything. It's just really very, very funny. And as I say, the West End, loads of plays on at the moment, but it is great to see a comedy. And, 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 and the thing is, it's odd, really, how things kind of go together, because only the night before, Six Degrees of Separation opened at the young, at the old Vic, not the young Vic, and um, this is the play, if you remember the movie, mm. uh, about the young guy who turns up at this very wealthy home in Manhattan and kind of cons everybody because he pretends he's the son of Sidney Poitier. That's right, yes. and, uh, and that's all about phoniness as, as well. And manages and to be being... very successful at it, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. The things you can convince people of nowadays. The things you can. Listen, Roger, I've got to leave it there. All right, Steve. So, big thumbs up to the little dog laughed. Yes, the little dog laughed to see such fun, and the dish... Ran away with the spoon. Ran away with the spoon. Absolutely, I ran away laughing. Good. At least it got your, your <laughs> tail wagging. We'll talk to you next yeah. week. OK, Steve, bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Roger Foss, our man in the front row with his very own popcorn. So, Little Dog laughed at the Garrick, just over the road from uh, us here at uh, Global Radio. News coming up uh, very, very shortly, and then uh, more of your text. Oh, we'll find out how we did in the horse racing. Hmm. OK, details in a sec. LBC 97... 26 minutes to 11. Alan says, why is it all comedians are from up north? Have you been up north? If you don't laugh, you cry. I mean, dear Ooh. Lord above. You know, why I, I went out to date with wife, uh, with Whippet, and, and this is how all their gags start. 
Not surprised. I mean, have you been to Blackpool, Matthew? Uh, no. No. See, it's not your sort of place, is it? No. No. You don't do that kind of thing. No. You're, you're sort of more Sandy Lane, Barbados. You know. <laughs> no, I've never been there. Oh, you've never no, been more, there more, more Eastbourne, I think. More. Oh, right. A bit more genteel than Blackpool. Eastbourne. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> not even I've been to Eastbourne. Haven't you? No. It doesn't. That, that sound, no, no. That doesn't sound very exciting, no. I, I can do a little bit better than Eastbourne. Sounds like God's waiting room. A bit like Hastings <laughs> or something. It's just a lot of people sitting in bus shelters, <laughs> eating fish and chips as the rain pours down. Yeah, that's about the size you of it. You like that? Yeah. Okay, well. Good old British seaside Good holiday. old British seaside weather, exactly. Yeah. We, used to, we used to go out in the car. We used to have a picnic hamper with flasks in, and we'd sit in the car with the windscreen wipers on. You know, staring out to sea, sitting in a car park. Bear in mind, bear in mind that I did spend two years of my life living in Lowestoft. Oh, right. See, so only... Anything is better. Yes, anything. <laughs> the only thing I know Lowestoft for is the lifeboat station there. Uh, yes, well, it has got one of those, it I think. Has. Yeah. yeah. It's Britain's most easterly point. Is it? You've got the beautiful surroundings of John O'Groats, the northerly point. Oh, right. Lizard, the south, Land's End, the west. Uh, Britain's most easterly point is an industrial estate car park. Lovely. Next to the gas works. Right. Anyway, Should we talk right. horse racing? Yes, let's talk yeah. horses, because, and let's face it, after yesterday's lacklustre performance, oh, dear. I'm afraid uh, Alex's Palmelia... Third, lost £2 out of seven. Total loss £3.70. Your uh, Basra, seventh out of 13. Oh, dear. It's not, not too good. No. You're still in profit, though. £8.55, which I can live with. OK. But you, you need something today. Slipping, isn't it? It is slipping a little bit. I, I, I don't know whether or not you've actually changed the way you, you pick the horses, but it's definitely gone off oh, dear. in the last two or three days. Well, we'll try, we'll try <laughs> again today and see what well, happens. Well, do, because uh, Alex is off to Taunton, the two o'clock, Ear Alfie. Ear Alfie. They also run at Southall and Wolverhampton and maybe Ludlow if it passes muster this yeah. morning, inspection. Yeah. Uh, 6.50 at Wolverhampton, evening. I'm never sure about evening racing. No, I'm not either. I, I don't, don't think, think horses I, like running in the I don't evening. think they can see properly. No, they can't. They need no. lights. Uh, but anyway, the 6.50 at Wolverhampton, Keynes Royal. Oh, it's a nice name. Yeah. Keynes Royal. Yeah. As in K-E-A-N. Uh, K-E-E-N-E-S. Oh, right, Keen's says, Royal. Yeah. Oh, right, supposed to Royal is Keen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, well, it'd be nice to... But I'm, I'm with you, I'm afraid. I don't think horses run well at night No, at I all. don't think so. It's they get tired. They're, they're, they're very tired. You know, it's like us. When it gets dark, we just want to put a head down on the pillow and go to sleep. Quite. I think horses... Although horses sleep standing up, don't they? Do they? I believe so. I think they're like cows, aren't they? I don't know. Don't they and stoats I've, and I can't say I've ever watched a horse sleeping. I think a little creepy. Oh, well, well I mean, I'm not saying I generally go out and deliberately look for horses who are sleeping. Right. I'm assuming when they're standing in the field not doing anything, they are, in fact, asleep. They might just be thinking. Thinking. Thinking Contemplating. What? Yes, oh, it's a late-night evening race. We'll have to get ready in a minute. <laughs> have to go and comb my hair. Lovely. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See you. Take care. Matthew Schofield, who doesn't get his, his packet of biscuits, I'm afraid, today. I'm, I've decided I'm going to have to put my foot down on this one. Definitely going to put my, my foot down. We don't want anybody winning anything on the programme at all. Um, somebody says, I think that Colleen and Denise were right up the front of the awards. I know, generally speaking, I suppose that's where they would be. And it's, you're right, it is the same people on television doing all the shows. Every time you turn on, oh, it's like, oh, there's, there's Philip Schofield again, or there's Holly Willoughby again, or there's so It's always the same people. I don't know why. Apparently, Jason Manford is a really funny comedian. He's on 8 out of 10 cats every week. Is, is, is that a veterinary programme or something? Eight out of ten cats. What, said their owners? Oh, it's a panel show. Oh, right. And he used to be on Would I Lie to You? Oh, right. Apparently he's also, according to uh, Noreen, he's uh, down in St Albans, and he's sold out in St Albans. And she said, I've never heard of him either until I Googled him a few weeks ago. <laughs> she, has to, she doesn't want to miss out on Noreen. She doesn't like to miss out on any of these things. Um, 
Steve, I'm totally gobsmacked by these cash for gold ads on television. I can't imagine anybody actually thinking that companies would offer a good deal. Well, they do because people stand there on television saying, listen, you know, I got £200 for this. And then when you see the harsh reality that they're only paying about 6%, that's, that's the big problem, I'm afraid. And so I think if you're going to sell anything, go to a reputable jeweller. And if you don't like the price, then you can walk out again. I always think there's something odd about putting something in a bag. I mean, that's how I understand that's how they do it. And then it, it seems to arrive there. And then they say, if you don't like the offer, you... Well, I would have thought most people would go, sorry, £22 for £400 worth of jewellery? I don't think so. So you ask for it back, and then they up the offer. To me, indicating that they might not actually have it there. Because so many people... I mean, let's face it, it must be profitable. People must be, must be sending their jewellery in, because these adverts cost a fortune. I don't actually have, says Barbara, any spare jewellery lying around, but I would always go to a proper jeweller. Well, that's, that, would, that would be my advice. That would be uh, my advice. Uh, 84850, uk. I did mention Saturday the 6th of February, which is West End Magic at the New Players Theatre. I've now got a, a website, which I didn't have the other day, actually, and it's thenewplayerstheatre.com, just behind Charing Cross Station. It's on the, uh, on the bit there. It's a lovely little theatre... And if you want to go, it's £15 for adults, £12.50 for children. They've got all sorts of people. Oliver Tabor's put it all together. I don't think he's related to our Tabor here, but it would be nice to think so, wouldn't it? And so it's West End Magic, New Players Theatre. It's Saturday the 6th of February. But there's another one a bit sooner if you like going out and watching your close-up magic. Uh, Stephen Barry is a producer of Conjuring at the Court. And it's their New Year show, the 28th of January. And the venue is the Draycott sorry, the Drayton Court Pub, I do beg pardon, Drayton Court Pub, to the Avenue West Ealing. Tickets are a tenner on the door, and they're, they've got a website too. It's www.conjuringatthecourt.com. Very old-fashioned word, conjuringatthecourt.com. So good luck to uh, both of those. Nathan sent me a, a dog update, and he says, all four beautiful black Labradors, OK, we've moved them to the animal shelter, and I will post Facebook pictures later. So if you're one of those people... On, uh, on Nathan's Facebook, you see the pictures of the dogs which he's taken, OK? And uh, if we find out who has dumped these dogs, because you'll have to pick up on the, uh, the story if you podcast the programme, and thank you for podcasting. Uh, Philip wondering if Susan Boyle will be on the charity single. I would imagine everybody will be on the charity single for Haiti. This is the one that Gordon Brown phoned Simon Cowell about. Do you think he's got Simon Cowell's number? Oh, it's Gordon Brown here. Do, do a charity single. <laughs> so, I think he just called the office. Because it makes me laugh when they say, oh, I saw so-and-so and I phoned them up. I don't have Simon Cowell's number. Well, I mean, I do, but I can't tell you. Because uh, I'm sworn to secrecy. And so, of course, Susan, but everybody would be on it. But I would think they'd be going for somewhere that they, they'd be looking for a market, wouldn't they? They'd be putting on probably Beyonce, Take That, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow would probably help out with it. Or do you think it's a single that Simon Cowell would have already to go? And so then they could effectively just sort of get people into the studio quickly, record something and get it out. The idea is to get it out as fast as possible. I see Darren Day has been banned for drink driving. He was 23 milligrams above the legal limit. Dreadful, 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 dreadful. So they've banned him, I'm afraid. Uh, Eastbourne is lovely, says Sue. You should go. Good shopping centre. Not really sure, actually, about that, is it? Uh, 84850, uh, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk um trying to find some stories that, that you know coming up to the end of the program put some smiles on it there's no funny stories in the papers i mean there really aren't 
There's absolutely nothing. There's some woman here showing off her physique on the beach. She's going out with a footballer. I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't really care less about footballers. And, um, oh, there's a nervous ball boy here at the Australian Open, and he wet himself in front of 2,000 people. And it held up the game for 40 minutes. How long was he going for? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Officials rushed to dry the corner of the synthetic court with a gas-powered blower, but the canister was empty. So they put down sawdust. Because as Noreen will tell you, that's one of the Steve Allen embarrassing moments, the day Steve Allen wet himself in church. I mean, not very good at all. Not very good at all. Uh, I see the sci-fi hit Avatar is to be made into a blue film. And, uh, one of those tacky sort of stories. We don't want to do that. And Boy George, they reckon, is going to go into... Uh, the Big Brother house for one day, because he's tagged, of course, and we don't want him in there, mainly because he can be quite revolting at times. I'm sure now he's not drinking. He's absolutely lovely. But uh, he says that Big Brother shows we're all pretty dull when forced into the brutal light of reality. Uh, pretty dull anyway, I'm afraid. Pretty dull anyway. And Vinnie Jones, they now say, is sort of a bit of a bully. And uh, Alex claims that he's not going to cross-dress as Roxanne. Oh, dear. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Uh, also, laughing all the way to the bonk. That's people who talk about their love life in the papers. And the moment they say, oh, I'm going out with so-and-so, um, then people go, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy that story. So they go to the papers, and the next thing, we're, we're going to have David Williams and Lara talking about their engagement, as if anybody's interested. I'm sure it's only the newspaper editors are the, are the people who, who are the ones who say, well, we, we should be... Uh, we should be talking about this. They were all out there at the television awards wearing their best frocks, except, of course, Katie Price, who looked like she was wearing her mum's tatty curtains. Sunita was there and Simon Cowell. I'd love to know. We could almost take bets, couldn't we, on LBC, about the charity single. Who's going to be on it? Do you think they'll let Danny Minogue sing? Please, God, no. Uh, but there's going to be loads of people on there, aren't there? And just about anybody. Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams could be on it. don't know whether he'd have one of his wide-eyed moments. But uh, would you buy a charity single? Answer, of course you would. This is L. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Just for a few more minutes. Uh, no Nick Ferrari today. He's currently Big Silver Bird. Up, well, it's an aeroplane, OK? Big Silver Bird up in sky and sitting down, packing a peanuts, drink, you know, very happy, reading the papers and leaving the programme in the capable hands of Andrew Pierce, who's with you uh, for Nick from seven this morning, doing the papers. Amanda Patel. They'll be talking about whether or not it's acceptable, it's ironic, isn't it, for airlines to discriminate against fat people, you know, because sometimes, and I've, I've said this before, I remember getting an, uh, a text message from, or an email from somebody saying, don't be silly, but they have to balance planes. And Dale will tell you a story, it might even be in his book as well, that he got on a plane once, came back, when he was in his big stage, and they asked him to move seats so they could balance the plane. And you do get that, because the things are very finely uh, finely tuned. So that goes on all the time, I'm afraid. So they're going to be talking about that. Also, talking about whether or not justice was done for Frances Inglis. This is the mother who killed her brain-damaged son, I think sent to prison for nine years. And the judge said, you cannot take the law into your own hands. She was the mother who injected her son with heroin. But they're going to be talking about obesity, discrimination and the treatment with the president ironically called Fatima Parker, I'm afraid, from the International Size Acceptance Association UK. Good Lord, there's, a, there's an organisation for just about everything now, isn't there? Including one for, oh my God, it's a miracle, as a little boy is dragged out of the rubble in Haiti, and the pictures in the paper today are a very happy little boy with a big smile with his arms outstretched going, yeah, kind of found me. And in fact, they've now found two children. So you never give up hope. 
and uh, the hope came for them. Fantastic. So very happy indeed and some very nice, happy, uh, happy pictures in the papers today. Uh, 84850, uk. Um, a friend of mine said, it's a Tommy Cooper joke, this one from Ian, you should go to Eastbourne. It's great for rheumatism. So I went there and I got it. Dover for the continent, Eastbourne for the incontinent. OK, it's an old gag, but it's worth repeating at this time. Listen, if you've never heard it before, it's, it'll be the funniest thing you've ever heard. You'll be repeating it. Anybody else sends me? Oh, we've got some great uh, quotes about Jason Manford, the uh, well-known comedian, writer and TV presenter and actor, shelf stacker and anything else. Uh, huge. What the press have said about him, uh, Kate Copstick. Manford is a very funny, very ageing performer. My favourite one is from the Huddersfield Examiner. Here's a man destined for great things. And um, uh, Jason, uh, at the Jason Manford, Manford Facebook fan page, saw Jason at the Royal Court last night. It was so funny, he made an old guy collapse. Legend. There you go. A lot of people saying he's uh, the best thing to have happened to comedy since Peter Kay. Isn't that marvellous? Honestly, I, I felt I should book a ticket immediately for him because he's going to be on with... I they only know him up north. I don't think they know him around here at all. Not known down our uh, neck of the woods. Uh, well, he's known over in... Over in uh, certain places. <laughs> uh, Shirley's bought pet insurance from M&S, £20 a month. It's not cheap, is it, to have a, a pet nowadays? I never understand. You know, people go, oh, you've got to get this, you've got to get that. And you walk out of a, of a pet store, having bought whatever it is you're buying. You've got the basket, the blanket, the toys. You've got to have this, whistle. You know, if you've got budgies or pet, you've got to buy a millet. You've got to, it, it, you come out equipped for World War Three, I'm afraid. Uh, Mike says, I'm an Eastbourne taxi driver. OK, I'll do this bit slowly for you. And I drive to Gatwick and Heathrow twice a day and always listen to you at 5am. He says, maybe I'll have to rethink if you hate Eastbourne so much. I didn't say I hate the people in there. I said I hated Eastbourne. What, do you own Eastbourne? No, of course you don't. Uh, Damien says, gold is gold and never degrades, hence can be remelted any number of times. They pass the gold onto the refinery where they get much higher prices and it goes back into the open retail market again in the form of new jewellery. Certainly does, and that's the uh, that's the problem. But what you're buying is you're actually uh, you're getting meltdown value, and it's six percent. It's very, very, very low. So the advice from which is, don't you know, go to a jeweler first and see how much money you can make in in the jewellery shops. And if you don't like that, then send it off. What worries me is you might send it off and try and get the money back. And uh, or get get your jewellery back if you don't like it. They might say, well, listen, we'll offer you more money, which they did on a couple of occasions here. So my advice is go to a jeweller first, and after you've been to the jeweller, if you don't like that one, then uh, then send it off to uh, to somebody, and then you can uh, wait and see. Uh, Sunita might be on the single. She's making a comeback after 17 years. She was singing with Alan Titchmarsh the other night. Yep, she has her Greatest Hits album out, because we talked about it. Actually, incidentally, on In Conversation this week, it's going to be Ray Winston, and it is going to be repeated on Sunday night at 9 o'clock. It's because they've moved the time of the Strictly Come Dancing, and the Strictly Come Dancing, I'm afraid, is... Are you a sugar bowl or something? What's the matter with you? Honestly, standing in the corner, they're looking like some Greek urn. What do Greeks earn? I don't know, about 30 drachmas a day. Anyway, moving on. It's an Euros, sorry, Euros. I'm more interested in Tiger on the Loose, visiting a sex clinic. I had no idea these things exist. But uh, if anybody's got names and addresses, just let me know, and I'll happily nip down there afterwards. Uh, very quickly, front pages of the Daily Mirror, they talk about what the girls wear at the television awards. It doesn't make the slightest difference. I'm more interested in the makeup that's troweled on. Uh, a free Miss Marple DVD with the Daily Mail. Tiger, the first picture, and Britain's top judge has sent out a powerful message that a householder has a right to defend his family, and they'll talk about that on breakfast this morning. 
plus MPs demanding an inquiry into the role of state-owned Royal Bank of Scotland in the seizure of the British confectioner Cadbury. And on the front of uh, Metro, police chief gets stuck into the thugs. Don't forget to podcast. Thank you for podcasting everything up until now. I'm very, very grateful. And uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 5 and 7. Andrew Pearce is with you after the news at 7. But first of all, before all of that, today's business update with Matthew Schofield. Thanks, Steve. The chief executive of one of the...